The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a psychologist, that's Steve, and a comedy writer, that's me, take a crack at your long-running marriage issues to see if we can't, or any relationship issues really, to see if we can't help you out in 10 minutes or less. How are you doing tonight, Steve? I'm doing well. Sounds like you're struggling a little vocally, but I think we can get through 10 minutes. It's all right. I suffer to help people, so we are here week in and week out. (laughs) Here is the listener email this week. The way I was raised, you always want to listen to what others have to say, such that I will even cut myself off mid-sentence if someone else starts to speak. The way my girlfriend was raised, on the other hand, you need to speak up if you want to be heard in conversation, such that she will start talking in the middle of other sentences. This dynamic is exacerbated by our respective introverted and extroverted personalities and causes both of us some consternation when her interruptions make me lose my train of thought. I suspect the healthiest conversation of the dynamic is closer to the middle of these extremes with a balance of assertion and listening. How do we, or I, reach that middle ground? Feel free to extrapolate this question to all relationships, from significant others to strangers chatting on the bus. I'm sure everyone experiences this from one side or the other. Take it away, Steve. (laughs) Well, the very simple answer to that is to you, let's say your friend's name is Lisa. That uh, if you're talking and Lisa begins to talk, say her name twice. So uh, she cuts you off, you say, Lisa, Lisa. And that'll kind of reorient her. There's a thing called the cocktail party effect in psychology, which is that you, just through repetition, you cannot ignore your first name. It's an overlearned response. So like if you were at a... Uh, like a gala. I know how you rich people are. Right? <laughs> it's some kind of gala, like a, a, a masked ball or something. If uh, there's a big group of people and they're all chatting, so there's like a buzz, 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 buzz. If you hear your first name, you, you'll orient in that direction. It'll kind of pull your attention. Jay, you have a relatively common first name with James. Have you ever been at like a football game or a dance or a big group of people at a party and someone else is named James? Every time someone yells to them, it, it like throws your whole game off because you can't ignore that. Like, uh, it's just, anyway, so saying somebody's name will throw them off their game. It'll be like a bowling ball hitting the head pin in their mind. So as she begins talking and cutting you off, just say Lisa twice, Lisa, Lisa. That'll kind of stop her in her tracks and then just calmly finish what you were going to say. The other thing that's, uh, I guess, implied in this is you do have to get pretty good at keeping track of a point in a conversation. And uh, tracking, you can kind of tell when you're talking to somebody how good they are at tracking. Because if they're a friend of yours and you guys are talking a mile a minute over a nice crab salad at Applebee's, at some point you're going to meander a little bit. And the, the good trackers are the ones that will return on point. And that takes a little bit of practice. And so my recommendation too to the writer is to practice that. Just uh, rather than let Lisa uh, distract you from the point, which probably happens because you follow her down the rabbit hole of her new topic. If you stop her before you lose it, you might be able to keep it better. But repeat in your own mind what the point was if you do follow her down the rabbit hole so that you can return to it and finish your train of thought whenever she runs out of steam. 
that seems pretty pragmatic. I don't know what you think about it, James. That's a pretty uh, a pretty aggressive and assertive stance. Basically, she cuts in and you cut back in and you maintain your spot, which is definitely one solution. Personally, I think I would find that infuriating. <laughs> I think half the time when I cut people off, and I don't think I do it as much as I used to, is I'm just really excited about something trying to jump in. It's not necessarily meant maliciously. And sometimes it is, it, you know, sometimes the conver- it's time for the conversation to twist and turn. Maybe maybe somebody's been monopolizing the uh, the conversation right. or it's been going too slow. So there can be a lot of different things. Although I got to say about hearing my first name, I actually hate it when it's used extraneously. If, it's, if people are just throwing it around, like there's that sales technique. You'll encounter salesmen and they'll learn your first yeah. name and they'll start every single sentence oh, with that. And I that drives it. me crazy. It's like, who are you enticing with that? Why would you, <laughs> well, <laughs> why would you why do are, that? Are we on a first name basis now? Yeah. Yeah, and they do that. And like, like uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like you're gonna be. I'm just gonna be so in love with my own name that I'm gonna pay an extra two hundred dollars for a couch. It just, it never. It makes me just want to leave. So I think if you just start saying James, James, I'm gonna. It's probably gonna have the opposite effect on me. Although I find, uh, you know, it, it really depends on the on the conversational setting. Like with my uh, with my family, my parents and my brothers and sisters, when we all get together for like a big family meal, if, they, if there's excitement at the table and fun and laughter, like it's very much an environment that if you want to tell a story, you've got to be the loudest one. You've got to shout it out there, and that's just kind of the dynamic. But there's other times everybody's just <laughs> right. kind of sitting around having a few beers that you have your chance to to jump in there. So I, it's definitely very situational. I think there is a time and a place for the who can talk the loudest type of conversation. It's an art, and right. I would hate for it to be banished from flight society. But yeah, if you uh, for these other situations, I guess if you uh, if you really want to say their name twice and you're you're not afraid it's going to start a fight, uh, go for it and see see how it works out. I, I don't know. Do you ever cut off people, Steve? I cut off people a lot, and I always so if you were talking and I were to cut you off, I would just start talking. To you. Ah, shoot, James, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. And then that almost always elicits a oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like uh, as as long as I clear that space, there is a bit of an art to a back and forth conversation. And in fact, you and I are a good example of how that grows, that progresses over time. Because if you go back and listen to the earlier podcasts, we were not good at knowing each other's signals of when it is when the baton gets passed, basically. And now we're getting better at it. Good uh, if, if there's two announcers in the booth for a sporting event the play-by-play guy is telling you what's going on and then there's a color person that'll kind of explain what's going on during the breaks in the action and they get the the play-by-play person is usually very good at alerting the other person when it's their turn they'll have built-in cues I said all that to say this so for the Lisa's of the world she probably does need to learn that skill a little bit because her tendency to cut people off, I'm going to guess constantly, will end up being detrimental to her in the long run. And uh, your comment, James, about when people, when when, uh, kind of a, (laughs) I'm trying to think of a, a word we can use in a family environment here, those kind of smarmy salesmen use your name all the time because they think that's gonna get them in with you. I think uh, hearing your name a lot, there's something, uh, it's, uh, it's irritating, or when someone uses it condescendingly, it's sort of shaming you with it. If you just, like, if your friend is talking, and, and if you were talking, I say, James, hey, James, like, it would stop you, but I'm not shaming you. I'm kind of giving you a <laughs> signal would, that- I feel shame just by talking with you, so I said that. <laughs> well, be that as it may. <laughs> 
But if you do it in a way with a friend that's caring, you kind of alert them to the fact you have more to say that's important. And that person over, uh, over time will learn through approximation to begin that rhythm of a conversation. And it'll bear fruit for them and for your relationship, them personally and your relationship with them in the future. Well, there you go. We have a we have a clear cut solution here. I wonder if it's going to be as easy in practice as it is in uh, in theory. I think to start with, it sounds like uh, the, the the question writer is kind of in the habit of yielding. Um, you know, whenever there's any contested uh, contested sound space, so that's gonna that's gonna definitely take some practice to get out there and be confident enough that what they have to say is worthwhile. I think anytime you get interrupted and you've got a story to finish, you have to ask yourself, was this story really good enough to ride out? Do I really <laughs> wanna jump in or do I wanna let it go? So that'll probably take some technique uh, as well. But yeah, it definitely sounds doable. This is this is not one of our catastrophic advice sessions where we, where we say you are doomed to split and go apart. Uh, any final thoughts, Steve? Oh, wow, you caught me drinking there, sorry. Um, <laughs> Not the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, uh, the, I'm glad you brought that last part up because that flashed through my head and uh, I didn't take my own advice. I didn't keep track of the point. The, 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 uh, the writer will have to overcome some anxiety because this is out of her comfort zone to stop Lisa in her tracks. And Lisa's probably a pretty bold person. So they're going to have to kind of push through some of that feeling of, I don't like this discomfort of wedging my point into this conversation. But I do think from an assertiveness standpoint, it will pay off in the long run. Well, there you have it. If you have a relationship issue you'd like us to resolve, it can be a married issue or it can be between boyfriend, girlfriend, two platonic friends, co-workers, parent, child, any kind of relationship that's out there, send that question to me at jamesbreakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's Exploding Unicorn with an E. All questions are anonymous and we'll answer it right here on air. Maybe we'll make your life better. Maybe we'll ruin it. Who knows? That's the fun of this broadcast. You never quite know what you're going to get. So thank you very much for joining us for another week of 10 Minutes to Save Your marriage and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back.